Hello, I would like to take a moment to thank some of our valued patrons. Braxton Powers, C.J. Parker, Jasmine Wood, Keeley, and Sarah Marie Murdoch. Thank you for helping us continue to tell our stories. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash farandtalltales. And now, a short message from our friends at Your Horror Show. If you've stumbled onto this station, don't attempt to adjust your device. My name is Mr. Graves, and I'll be your gateway to the sounds of the macabre. Get back or I'll shoot! I did what I had to do. Every two weeks, we'll have new terror-filled tales that will have you afraid to turn the lights off. Not too many folks want to stay somewhere that someone was found dead. I wanted to scream, but I knew I couldn't. What was that? Jeffries isn't here. Join me in our cast of victims for the scariest program of your life. Your Horror Show. Premiering July 25th on all podcast platforms. Listen if you dare. <laughs> Welcome to Ghost Wax, a Far and Tall Tales production. The following story may contain graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 34, Both My Skins. This recording is being taken in rural, mountainous West Virginia, en route to meet with Mikhail Rugen. His team has been tracking with the hopes of taking alive a lichened shapeshifter. Upon tracking it to a woodland hideout, they have discovered a body, and have called me in to attempt contact. From details so far provided, I do not believe the victim to have been killed by our quarry. So, Lycan. Lycan's wolf, right? Are you all just trying really hard not to say werewolf? The terminology can get a bit obtuse, but no, not the same as a werewolf. A werewolf is afflicted with a communicable curse. If we were dealing with one of those, we'd need a lot more hunters along. Identifying exactly what we are dealing with will be one of the first tasks, but at first blush, it appears to be a lichenid. An individual who can change form into or take on aspects of wolves. Appropriately, there is a lot of variety when dealing with shapeshifters. Werewolves, loup du nord... Sinfjotli, wolfwares. Wolfware? A werewolf is a man who can become a wolf. A wolfware is a... Wolf that can become a man, yeah, I realized right after I asked. Nearly every culture has stories of them. 
and therefore names for them, but liken it in this case, uh, or therianthrop, as a general term for someone who turns into an animal or hybrid of an animal and a human. Lycanthrope, that's someone afflicted with a contagious strain of curse very popularized in media. It would be faster to just ask what isn't real. Are they rare? Natural ones are. Those who achieve it via means of magical arts are one thing. Not such an unlikely feat for a competent mage, but certain types crop up in the general population on occasion. Mikhail and I actually tracked and exterminated an extremely monstrous variety in Central Park, of all places, a few weeks back. But this is not that. This is a shapeshifter, a perfectly reasonable, rational human who just happens to have wolfish tendencies. And honestly, the wolf of it all could be a mere coincidence. The boy could be a shifter and the wolf is simply his animal. Oh, shifter. Just a run-of-the-mill shapeshifter. Unfortunately, people with remarkable abilities like him usually run afoul of disaster, especially without anyone to guide them. The Order tries to screen for these conditions and take steps before such an occurrence, but there's only so much we can do. The subject in question is a young man, just over 19, named Mason Collins, who, until a week ago, resided nearly 150 miles from here. Looks like we are arriving. Von Sid, welcome. You made good time. And Luca, glad to see you're still with us. I really wish everyone would stop being surprised at that. Don't let it worry you, my boy. Let it excite you. You're beating the odds every day. Hooray. So, what do we have? Right. To business. We caught wind of Collins a week ago. He was a year out of high school, but still went to the football games. At the last one, he got into a fight in the crowd and changed into a wolf. Most likely, it was unintentional. He took off immediately, didn't attack anyone, seemed panicked by the whole thing. All happened fast enough, no one was sure what the hell really happened. We tracked him north through the woods. He got better at hiding his trail as he went. We lost him a half dozen miles from here. It took a couple of days of discreet inquiries to find out about this place. The owner is Robert Cantor, a genuine old coot hermit. We came by to make sure Collins wasn't squatting on the property and the house was empty. But then, in the well house, we found this. And, as you can see, it doesn't look like a wolf attack. No. Shotgun blast near point-blank range. Not much cast-off or trauma to the flesh. Rock salt. See that powder? Yes, and metal shavings. Willing to bet that's silver. Isn't that interesting? Not what killed him. For that, I'd put my money on the opened throat. Certainly seems a safe assumption. Yes, ear to ear. One slice, probably a hunting knife. Severed his carotid, jugular, and the trachea almost to the spine. He would have bled out in seconds. Well, this isn't Mason Collins. 
Not unless he aged about 70 years in the last week. We don't have a positive ID. He's a bit too completely naked to have a driver's license in a pocket, but safe to say this is Mr. Cantor. Lived up here his whole life, as I understand. Heads into town once every couple of weeks or so for the groceries he can't grow or make himself. Drives a pickup as old as he is. He was down yesterday, so if we hadn't come along, he probably wouldn't have been found until his absence was noticed weeks from now. I suppose you could call that luck on our part. Anything else? Yep. Look at this. You see this? Over here, in the corner? This too. Drag marks. Something was dragged out of here. From the splatter here, I'd wager another body. Dragged itself, or was dragged? I don't like guessing. Second thing, whoever did this has killed before. Cantor's throat was cut by one slice. No hesitation, no false starts. Once the killer started cutting, they followed all the way through. You don't see that on first victims. And no stupid mistakes anywhere. No footprints, not in the blood, not even outside. Maybe a tire track in the driveway, but that could be from Cantor's truck yesterday. This was done carefully and well. So not Collins. I certainly hope not. But I made some calls while you were on your way. The counties surrounding Collins's hometown have 17 missing persons cases from the last year, as well as four deaths from animal attack. That's not a record-breaking number, but it's above average. The animal attacks were all explained. No wolves, but if he's as careful as an animal as he is as a human, well... This could have nothing to do with our boy. It's not impossible that we just stumbled across a regular old murder. Coincidences do happen, but... If we have a budding serial killer who can change into a wolf and cover 30 miles on foot in a day without getting tired, who just nuked his old life by transforming in public, that gives him nothing to lose. I need you to find out what Cantor knows so we know what we're hunting. Oh, and that leads to the third thing worth mentioning. When we got here... This body was still warm, dead less than an hour. Including your travel time, our quarry is at most five hours ahead of us. We need to move fast. Then let's get started. This going to take long? Just a bit of work on the vocal cords. He's fresh, he shouldn't have wandered far. Figured. Well, I'll leave you to it. I'll be right outside if you need me, but I'll move my team into town. That way, whatever info you get, they'll be centrally located and ready to move. I appreciate the consideration, but feel free to eavesdrop. That will save time in the long run. Oh, I was going to. Good luck, old man. Return to us, Robert Cantor.
Awaken from your rest. Speak to us, we who would hear your story. We seek answers, Robert Cantor. Give them to us and we shall do our best to give you justice. Bob. What? Bob, not Robert. I haven't been Robert since television was in black and white. Very well. Bob. My name is Von Sid. And your... <laughs> hell looks a lot like my well house. I wish I could say it was a surprise. This is not hell, Bob. You know that you're dead. Yeah, it was hard to miss. So this ain't hell, huh? Where am I? It is your well house. We called you back to find out what happened. That's possible, huh? I feel like it should be more shocking. There is much in this world that would surprise you. No, I mean literally. I should be more shocked. I feel muted, like I'm trying through ears stuffed with cotton. I am enacting a calming effect upon you. To return from death, especially a death as violent as yours appears to have been, can be ruinous to even one of strong will. The calming helps. Mm. Messing with my mind. I assure you I would not do that. Uh-huh. We simply want to know what happened here, Bob. Who did this to you? And you need me to tell you. You were here. Well, I'll tell you what. You tell me what you figured out so far, and I'll fill in the gaps. Very well. It appears that you were shot in the lower abdomen with a shotgun loaded with a low-grade cartridge filled with rock salt. Then your throat was cut. There are drag marks in the corner, possibly from another body. Do you know who did this? And was there someone else who was hurt? Maybe there was. You're being unusually reticent, Mr. Cantor. I would think you would want your killer brought to justice. Oh, I do. I'm just not sure you're the man to do it. What else do you think you know? Mr. Cantor, was Mason Collins here? There it is. I'm incidental, aren't I? What do you want with this kid? Sir, I don't know if you knew this already, but we believe Mason Collins is what we call a lichenid. He has the naturally occurring ability to transform into the shape of a wolf, while retaining the majority of his own mind. We were trying to find him when we found you. I need to know, did he do this to you? Do you know where he is now? You really don't know, do you? I do not. All right. You've convinced me you want with the guys on the phone, but that ain't enough. What will you do with that kid when you find him? Try to help him. Too many like him lose control, and tragedy results. We want to find a solution that avoids that, while also allowing him to have a full life. How do I know you ain't shitting me? I suppose you don't. But few men reach your age without gaining some ability to read people. I promise you that we mean him no harm, and I'll swear that oath in any way you'll believe. But if he did this to you, he may be too far gone already. Yeah, okay, what the hell. I believe you. 
I'm usually pretty good at spotting a lie, but I've had an off week, so I guess I'm gambling. Don't make an idiot out of me, kid. No one can do that but you, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're all right. Okay. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime, well, once-outside-of-a-lifetime chance. There's things I thought I'd never tell any other living soul. And now I have the chance, so I'll tell you what you want to know. But you have to hear the rest of it, too. And no muting me. You cut out that calming effect nonsense. I can handle myself. Deal? Sir, time is of the essence. Or we can sit here and stare at each other. I ain't got nothing else to do all damn day. All right, I'm releasing the effect now. Ah. Are you all right? Do you need me to reinstate it? No, no. Just need to adjust. Oh, I'm naked. Yes. Uh, does that bother you? A little. Could you pass me the rag there? Leave a man his modesty? Huh? Oh, yeah, here. Thanks, kid. <laughs> Tarzan, king of the jungle. If you're ready, then, at your own pace. Good man. Well... How old would you say I am? From sight, late 70s. But I believe your legal record puts you at 88. Records aren't quite as reliable around here. Certainly not when I was born. I was born March 21st, Lavernal Equinox, in the year 1891. Look good for my age, huh? Good lord, you're one too, aren't you? I am. Uh... Lockinid, you said. Is that really the name for us? No, I was incorrect in that assumption. You, and I assume this about Mason now as well, seeing as the two of you found your way to one another, you are innate Therianthrops. Dwarum formarum, of two forms, shapeshifters connected to a more ancient and primal world. It is a rare and incredible gift. I like it. You see, you have to understand, I grew up in a different world than this one. No TV, no radio out here. We got the paper and went to church like everyone else. We had books around. I got enough schooling and then some. We weren't ignorant. Don't put your redneck stereotypes on us. We were honest folks with flaws just like everyone else. But I first changed when I was 13, and I was goddamn terrified. I didn't know what was happening. I was an only child, just me and my folks and my granny, mama's mama. I'd always liked wandering the woods at night, and I did that practically from the moment I was tall enough to reach the door handle. And so long as I was awake and time for breakfast and didn't track mud into my bed, my folks pretended not to know I was doing it. One night... I saw a deer wandering in the field nearby, and I decided to chase it far ways. I was so lost in the moment, just me and that deer alone in the woods. I didn't realize it at first. My hands and feet were pads. My ears tucked back. My eyes, I'm not a wolf like Mason. I'm a bobcat. When I'm changed at night, the world is different. I could see colors 
that humans haven't named. They scintillate. I think that's the word. Shimmer like an oil slick in the sun. A violet beyond violet. I wish I could make you see it's beautiful in a way I've never been able to share with anyone. But the first time it happened, I panicked, slammed at full speed into a tree, bloodied up my whiskers, and just lay on the ground trying to kick off the clothes that didn't fit my body anymore. Eventually, I changed back, and I got terrified for more prosaic reasons. I torn the hell out of my shirt and my pants, and I never did find one of my shoes. I was going to get whooped good. I slinked home, pinned under the covers, less like the young man I was becoming and more like a naughty five-year-old. And I didn't get punished. My mama saw what I looked like. She just got scared. She hugged me so hard I thought I would pop. Then went out and talked to my pa and granny. My folks made themselves scarce and left me with granny. I learned that she was one too, that she could change. My folks weren't, they, they couldn't, but on some level they knew about it. It was just another thing they pretended not to know about, so as long as nothing bad came of it. Looking back, I don't know if that was cowardice or wisdom. Granny gave me the rundown as best as she could. See, she didn't know how this works any more than I did, but she knew what mattered. Changing form was no excuse to be like an animal. You still gotta keep a civil brain in your skull. This weren't no curse, and that meant it weren't no excuse to act like we was cursed. You never use it to hurt folks. You don't let it make you think you're worse off than anyone else, but you also don't let it make you think you're better than anyone else for it neither. It just was. You may do with it. You were given the same as any kid born with a twisted arm or a blind eye or anything else. And I did my best. I never changed where anyone could see. I ran the woods at night. and Every now and again, I'd take a rabbit or chipmunk as food, but never anything that'd be missed or noticed. And I never figured out the logic of it. Why was I a bobcat? Granny was never upfront about what she turned into, and so as far as I know, she didn't transform from the day we talked until the day she died. But I found some old newspapers in the library from before the Civil War that talked about a massive boar that had been sighted in the area, and when I mentioned them to her, I swear she hid a smile. Mama never changed. Nor did anyone else in that family that I ever heard of. Though Granny said there were stories from back in Germany. Maybe I became a bobcat just because Bob Cantor sounds close to bobcat. Maybe Granny was a boar because of family stories about the Black Forest. Maybe Mason became a wolf because that's all the movies he grew up on showed him. Maybe it's that simple. But I can't say for sure because from the day Granny died until the day I found Mason, I never met another one of us. I spent some time in Europe myself during the Great War, watched friends die in the mud and at the Somme, and I never sensed another one of us. I lived in Richmond for a year leading up to the Great Depression, 
pushing through crowds every day, and I never sensed another one of us. Maybe that was why I never married, never had kids. I was holding out for another one like me and never found one. I moved back home, made do, watched my folks both get old and pass away, watched friends' kids go away to fight Hitler and Tojo. Too few of them came back. Around then, I realized I wasn't just aging gracefully. I was aging slower than most, and I had no reason to think I wouldn't last longer than most if God was willing and my luck held out. See, most folks who become hermits do it because they get sick of people. I never did. I love people. I do. But I knew if I stuck around, folks would figure out that old man Cantor was really old man Cantor and might start asking questions I couldn't answer. So I withdrew up here, but I came around every night, watched them through a cat's eyes. I saw them scintillate, grow up and fall in love and have babies who did the same. History happening all around me, the world changing and evolving while I watched in darkness. But people are still people, and I loved watching them. And then yesterday I'm driving back from food line, and there's a kid under the overpass. Not the first time. We don't get homeless like in the big city, but unfortunate folks are everywhere. But this kid, it's like I'm struck by lightning. My head whips around, and I knew him. He was like me. His head jerks up, and he knew me. And we stare at each other for a full minute, and I just say, get in, I'll hide you. I take him back here, and we talk for hours. He's the first person I've been able to talk to, really talk to, in over a century. He's actually just some punk snot-nosed 19-year-old child, but I need him like I used to need my granny. And he needs me just the same. He's scared on the run, and he's terrified he's going to have to hurt someone to be safe. I give him the same talk that Granny gave me. That's not what we do. We have something special, but keep a civil brain in your skull. I can tell that he's not taking it all in, same as I didn't when I was 13, because teenagers are teenagers no matter what era but he has to hear it, so I say it. I reckon he could help me, too. Hell, I never got the hang of computers, let alone the Internet, but I always wondered if maybe that was the way to find more of us. There's got to be a place, right? Some Internet place where we all meet up. The kid could probably find it, find us a community. For the first time in 70 years, feel like there's something to do other than bide my time and die without being discovered. By then it's night. Both of us are so wound up that we just go out in the woods and run. We go separately because a wolf and a bobcat don't exactly pack together. Besides, I know the woods, but he has to acquaint himself with it. Best to let him do that solo. I head up to the barn and curl up on the best log overlooking it 
and hold still until the locals get used to me and no, I'm not hunting. That's the magic time. When the owls and bats are hunting around you, the raccoons rummaging through the brush, the pepperfods making a sea of calls, it was good, you know? I'm glad that was one of my last moments. The shock hit hard. I could not hear him, not exactly. But you know that whine a dog makes when it gets hurt? That kind of breaks your heart? I get that in my brain. The same place where I first felt his kinship. I can tell it's bad, so I run. I run like a madman, cutting my paws, letting branches whip my face. Just running. Desperately. I get back, burst in the door, and he's lying huddled in the corner. And a man is standing over him. Some kind of night camo. Black and dark gray splotches. He's got night vision goggles pulled up on his forehead. Equipment strapped all over him. And when he hears me break in, he spins and fires a shotgun into my gut. I'm half transformed back into a man at that point. Just habit, I think, from seeing another human and changing back. Damn it, that might have cost me. I'm more vulnerable in human form. I think the fact that I spent so much time out of it is why I've lived so long. So the shot hits harder than if it'd been a cat. Damn it! My stomach goes numb. I fall to the ground. I can't move my rear legs, and I can barely move my front legs, my arms. I look up at the guy, and he's looking down at me in shock. His face breaks into a grin and says, Well... I'll be damned. Two for the price of one. And I look at the kid. I see he isn't just huddling in fear. He's wrapped around his own gunshot wound. He's still a wolf. Damn near completely. But his eyes. I could see the man behind his eyes. Knew he'd heard me after all. He looks at me. And he's entreating me. Begging. I can't move. I can't help him. I try to reach out my hand towards him. I try to comfort him, but I can't lift it more than a few inches off the ground. I couldn't do anything but watch that murk-looking son bitch kneel over him. He pulls out a knife, kind of examining him, about to go for the kill. I know what he's doing then. I've been hunting with friends when we took down a buck. We'd look over it the same way he's looking Mason over. He's checking that he didn't damage the meat. Checking the trophies. I don't know what the wolf equivalent is to counting the points on the antlers, but he's doing it. He hasn't even killed him yet, and he's already looking for where he can mount the kid's corpse. And I realize there's still something I can do. Something my pa told me to do. Back when senility was slowly wiping him away. Son, it could be in the end the bastards are gonna win. But if they do, you spit in their eyes. I gathered what strength I could through the numbness spreading from my gut, and I focused. And when the hunter turned back around, he saw me change back into a man. He watched whatever trophies he could get out of me melt away. He cursed and ran at me and slid that knife across my throat. But he was too slow. I was done. 
The last thing I saw as the lights were going out was the kid making a break for the door. He'd been hit as a wolf, see. He bounced back quick and... Just tell me he got away. He did, indeed. Well done, Mr. Cantor. Damn straight. Can you tell us anything about this man? Anything to help us find him? We need to find him before he finds the boy. Not about him as a man. Average looking, no markings on his outfit or tattoos or anything. But it took me a couple minutes to die. I could still see out of the corner of my eye and hear the snatches of what was happening. He called someone up on a cell phone, said he'd been at the truck stop for extraction at dawn, asked if a body that was fully transformed back to human was worth anything. I didn't hear the response, but since he left me behind, I'm guessing the answer was no. Bit of luck for me. You said you couldn't tell me anything about him as a man, but as a cat. Don't think you'd follow. I would. Sing me his smell. And Mason's as well. Uh, oh, there. I feel you digging around. To you, can you get this? I do. Loud and clear. Their scent is in the air. I can follow it. Well, aren't you full of tricks? I am merely borrowing one from you. You did right by your friend, sir. I won't let you down. Good man. I suppose it's time for me to go. I don't know what comes next for you, Bob, but I hope it scintillates and sounds like peeper frogs. I hope you heard all that, Mikhail. Team's rounding back for a sweep. Sounds like he might not have been hunting alone. We should be able to kettle the lot. I'll be ready to move out in just a moment. Fucking poachers! Poachers? I... I don't understand. These are people? Yes. Hand me that black bag. We... There's a group or groups that became aware of creatures of the other world, and upon learning of them, did the least sensible and most despicable thing possible with that information. They started hunting them for sport. Shotguns with, I would guess, silver nitrate rounds. What is that? A tool. Fuck. Look here, I can't believe I didn't notice this. Chalk it up to our departed friend Bob's extremely shaggy hair. They took his ear. What I want to know is how the hell did this group of poachers have a speedier response time than our own teams? We need to know how extensive this is. I don't normally get involved with interrogation of the living, but I think I'll make an exception this time. Luca, please stay here with the body. One of Rugen's team members will stay back as well, in case the boy circles back. Yeah, okay. Happy hunting? Fuck. I, um... I just heard something outside. John? John? I... John, the silver blade who was with me, he went to check. Oh fuck, oh fuck. Hey, hey, no, wait. Stop, don't move. Please stop. I don't know what any of you people want. What? No, we aren't poachers, we aren't with them. 
Stay there. You stay there. What did you do to John? No, I... I didn't. Oh, fuck. Bob. I didn't. It was that woman. That... Whatever it is. It... Those guys were chasing me. Those... Those hunters. But... She... And the others, they got to him. <laughs> oh, 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 fuck. I, oh, I, I can't. Oh, my God. What what she did. Calm down. It's okay. It's okay. No, it ain't. I... I... You, you what? You... You... What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? You're... Your daddy, Jean Barlow. No, don't! Thank you for listening to Ghost Wax, a production of Far and Tall Tales. Find us at farandtalltales.squarespace.com. Ghost Wax is an independent podcast, so if you liked the show, please rate and review, and consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash farandtalltales. Also give a listen to our fantasy roleplay show, Could Have Been Heroes, for something completely different. Ghost Wax is written and directed by Robert Knudsen, production and editing by Aaron Schoenrock. Our theme song is by Bo Hoover. This episode was written by Brian Watson-Jones and features Robert Knudsen as Von Sid, Aaron Schoenrock as Luca, Mark Garkusha as Rugen, Joseph Gizzi as Bob Cantor, Conrad Kurz as Mason Collins, and Lucy Fitzgerald as Dottie Jean Barlow.